0: Well, hello there. This is Dave Lewis, the host of DemandGen Radio. And before we get into the program, I just want to take a moment and wish you a happy and healthy holiday season and new year. I really appreciate your support of the Demand Gen Radio community, and I look forward to our time together next year. This week, we thought while you're on break and taking some time off that we would bring you the best, the most popular episodes of 2019. So without further ado, here you go. Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. On the program today, joining me is Byron Odell. Byron is the head of corporate marketing. Executive Director at IHS Market, and that is M-A-R-K-I-T. And Byron and I have got to know each other over the past couple years uh, because DemandGen has some technology that Byron and the IHS organization use for their demand center. But the reason I wanted to have Byron come on the program today is he is doing some very cool stuff in terms of building out their MarTech stack and a lot of focus on AI tools and technologies. So that is the focus for today. But without further ado, Byron, how are you? Thank you for joining. Thank you, David. Always a pleasure to speak with you. I forgot to ask you, are you going out to the MCX conference this year in Las Vegas?
1: I will be there. I'll be there for a couple days. Looking forward to seeing you and the rest of the teams there.
0: Well, let's make sure we get together. It'd be very, very cool to catch up and spend some time face-to-face. I think the last time I saw you was... In Denver, where I'm heading there this week, actually, again. How cold is it there?
1: It's not too bad. I think you may have picked a good week to come visit Denver.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, I will see you in Las Vegas, but let's jump in. So, Byron, a little bit of background for for folks. I think that would be great uh, in terms of your role and responsibilities around marketing technology and the marketing function there. And I don't, you know, some people may not know who IHS Market is. So, feel free to hit that as well.
1: Sure. For those people not familiar with IHS Market, we are an information and analytics firm. We help businesses and governments make better decisions by providing insights on key industries and key markets around the world. In my role, I lead our corporate marketing team, and the role is really to partner with marketers and salespeople to execute lead generation, pipeline conversion programs, to really provide some additional assistance in terms of both strategy and execution as we try to grow the business today. And one of the pieces that we're particularly excited about is that we get to evaluate many different types of technologies. And the goal of the team is really to put together the most effective marketing stack we can.
0: Do you guys ever describe yourself as kind of like a service bureau to marketing? Because when I think about all the functions that you provide, you're responsible for the tech stack and all the you know, campaign services and such. Do you think of yourselves that way? Because a lot of our clients, it's the marketing department. They're coming up with the programs and campaigns and driving demand gen. You have slightly different roles and responsibilities. How, how do you think of it and describe it?
1: Sure. Well, we certainly do that. I think the bigger the program is, the more hands-on we're going to be with it in terms of defining the strategy and certainly in the execution, especially if it's global in scope and spans several of our business units. You know, IHS market is divided roughly into nine distinct business units. And so if we have programs that are cutting across both of them, obviously the corporate marketing team can play a, can play a big role and kind of stitching all, all of that strategy together. I think, though, in addition to seeing it as a program, I, I like to think of ourselves as we offer a suite of capabilities that businesses can choose to adopt part of it, all of it, to help grow their business. And really, it's really up to us to demonstrate the value of our technologies and help them grow that business going forward.
0: Yeah. That, that's what really, in some ways, makes you unique because... You guys are vetting technologies and looking at new capabilities that are out there and piloting that and seeing, hey, how can we incorporate this and help the organization grow? And then as you, you bring those technologies uh, to the organization, train them and, and help them use it. So AI has been a big focus. And by the way, uh, Byron and the team out there are award winning what they're doing. They won the uh, Oracle Eloqua Markey Award. By the way, they're coming up on the 13th annual Markey Awards. You were a winner back in, in 2015, if I recall, for the work that you guys are doing around uh, campaigns work. So you, you guys push the envelope. You, uh, you're, you're trying to work on the cutting edge of technology. And that's why I wanted to bring you onto the program today, Byron, because of the conversations we've had around AI. You know, I've done a few podcasts with some thought leaders and folks talking about AI, but not really had a marketer that I can think of that is using as much AI technology as you guys have. So talk to me about what, what prompted you guys exploring down that path and, and the vision there. And then let's drop into some of the areas that, that I know that you've shared around conversations and chat and personalization. So what, what, what started you on the AI path?
1: There's just a constant pressure to be sure that we're making maximum use of the marketing technology budgets and the marketing technology resources, right? And so I do see the opportunity and many of these technologies represent new avenues for us to do more with less mm-hmm. and for us to sustain these processes. I think we probably all have examples of that one campaign that just went so well. We can still remember it like it was yesterday. But what often more and more of these campaigns that really went well is they required kind of a big lift and a lot of people working together and everyone was very focused on it and and that's where we saw that result. In today's world, though, people are spread so thin. you, You really can't get a month or a week or maybe in some cases even a day of someone's time. And so what I'm what I'm learning here over, over uh, many years on the job is that what we need is these programs that can kind of sustain themselves, right? It's the automation. Automating processes that make sense tends to get you more results over time than trying to do these big splash marketing programs uh, because they tend to, when the budgets run out, the marketing programs run out. But if you can turn on some technology that, that consistently does something the same way every time, then typically that will beat out the big program over time, and and ultimately lower your overall cost and resources to support them.
0: Makes a lot of sense. I mean, it was one of the reasons that nurturing, from a marketing automation perspective and other things, were so appealing early on to me. Because if I could create a cadence and a, and a communication stream to you know interact with a buyer or with a customer, I'm I'm all in. You know, and you want to keep it humanized, and you want to map out the buyer's journey and, and look at how to do that. But some of the things that you've done is taking a look at how to use AI, like you said, to reduce the cost and impact of staffing folks like SDR reps or inside uh, salespeople to have the conversations that need to have. You know, you can program a nurture and you can say, okay, let's write this email and, and trigger or wait based on this. But applying machine learning and AI technology is something completely uh, together. So where did you start? Which was the first AI area or AI tool you guys uh, embraced and and let's let's cover that one first.
1: Sure. So the first one we turned on was content personalization, a tool from a company called Idio um, that has plugins for both personalizing Eloqua emails as well as uh, personalizing content on your website. And so that has been very effective for us because uh, a business like IHS Market, we have hundreds of different personas that are visiting the website on a daily basis, right? We have everything from the oil field engineer to the person who's, who's managing a hedge fund to somebody who's responsible for supply chain and automotive. And so very different personas are coming to the website looking for different information. And what we learned is that if we can do a better job of not only guessing what they could be interested in based on the company they're, they're with, right? So we ping an IP address. We try to render an ex- experience we think that's relevant to the industry associated with that IP address. But then at the same time, now we're saying, okay, in addition to us knowing this is an automotive company, well, maybe we know this is a, based on what person has looked at before. We know this person's interested in supply chain at an automotive company. Okay, now how do we pull the very best across the IHS market to build this person a page or an experience that shows them all the supply chain products that are relevant to an automotive person rather than just showing him standard automotive, uh, uh, automotive products and services? So that has shown really promising results for us in the early days here.
0: It's interesting that you you started with that one. Yesterday I was meeting with the marketing team and we were looking at our, we have five rotating banners on the front of demand gen. And like anybody, we're always updating the website and making changes. And then we were just discussing like, which one should be first and some of the new ones that are coming out. And there's a lot of manual work there. And with you know what you're talking about with IHS's business, you guys have a treasure trove of information and content in some way, I wouldn't say B 2 C, but certainly B to I, B B2, to you know industry or B to individual. And with all of that content on the site, you couldn't possibly manually, you know, build you know rule sets to say, okay, here's what to serve up. And you know, those of us who go to applications like uh, online applications like Amazon, which I do consider an application, and uh, TV screens like uh, watching Netflix or YouTube, where the content is being personalized to you, B 2 C companies have been doing that now for several years and doing it very successfully and we enjoy that so you guys that was the first initiative it sounds like was to find a way to surface your content uh on a personalization what did it take peel that back a little bit because you guys are you know phenomenal at stitching together these various systems so what an endeavor like that what did it take for you to uh, get it off the ground and and see some results from it
1: well i think the The biggest thing is that uh, this team we worked with at IDEO was fantastic in terms of helping us and coaching us through this process, but but ultimately it was some integrations with our content management system and just some uh, commitments around the business to try that we wanted to turn this on in places where we knew we were going to have traffic and we were going to have enough people that were revisiting the site that we actually had a profile for them. And so one of the things I'm particularly proud of the whole team that turned this on is that we turned it on in a true A-B test, right? A percentage of the audience got the previous kind of what I'll call a curated experience where we had product managers that said, I bet this persona would be interested in seeing this content, or show this person the last five blog posts, for example, you know, just a pure chronological uh, view. And then the rest of the traffic got this AI experience, got this crafted kind of word cloud, what are you interested in, how do I find the very best articles and products from across IHS market? And we compared those two populations. Who visited the site more? Who engaged longer? Who ultimately filled out forms? Was it the people that got the standard, the previous curated experience, or was it the people that got the new personalized experience? And hands down, it was the personalized experience by 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 a significant margin. So it was this A-B discipline that allows us to know that not only does it make sense to do it, but actually there's some real uh, payoffs here in terms of the hard metrics that it really is a better mousetrap than what we had before.
0: And you're using their platform for both, as you said, email, nurture, optimization, email campaign, personalization, as well as web, correct?
1: Yes, exactly. This This is a fantastic platform that does allow us to use to use this personalization technology across both.
0: Have you found either one to be more favorable in terms of the impact that it's having, the email side or the website, or what do you think? Uh,
1: well, uh, the volume is on the web visitors, right? Because I get a lot more people to the website than, than register
0: mm-hmm. with me,
1: right? And one of the advantages of, of these technologies is I don't have to know who you are. I just have to, I just have to see your cookie. Right. I've seen this cookie before. The last time the cookie was on the website, it looked at this type of content. Okay, next time I see that cookie, display this type of content, right? That's fantastic. I can do that for a large chunk of the people visiting the website, whether or not they ever register. Eloqua uh, and the plugins on the email side are good. But you have to, yeah. I have to know who you are, right? I have to somehow associate the cookie on the website with your email address in order to drive relevant content to your inbox, whereas on the website, I don't have to know who you are. I can begin personalize your experience from the very first time I meet you. So the volume is definitely on the web, but we see the uplift in both areas, but the bigger uplift is probably in the email side.
0: Cool. All right. What came next? What was your next foray into the AI toolset?
1: So the next foray was um, email uh, personalization, kind of lead qualification through a company called Conversica.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is one we had. A, we had the challenge at IHS Market is that we have a lot of people that are inquiring about our products and services, and, and, and we were generating more leads than we maybe had the capacity to follow up on. And so we had to make some business decisions here about, should we follow up on every white paper download or every newsletter download? right and this technology the conversica allowed us to basically bust through that barrier and without having to employ a whole suite of SDR sales development reps we could now follow up on 100% of the inquiries that were flowing into the business and this is generating some equally nice results for us now at a minimum we feel good that now no lead is left behind and that's always a good thing as as a as a marketing as a marketing person, but at a maximum, we're actually starting to see incremental revenue from leads that we didn't necessarily think were f- worth following up on before. Like everyone who downloaded the white paper, everybody who, know- who uh, registered for the newsletter, for example, we now see that some percentage of the time there is a sales opportunity there, and we're starting to convert, convert some of these lower scoring leads, at least in previous definitions, to real revenue. So that's been a nice, uh, a nice win for us as well.
0: Nice. Uh, For those of you that are not familiar with Conversica, I did a whole Martech Monday episode on it. So there's an episode on Demand Gen Radio where you can go in a lot deeper. But since you are here listening to Byron and I, um, just so you understand, so Conversica is a platform that, as you're hearing from Byron, enables you to have these automated uh, email exchanges. And a very common use case uh, is augmenting or replacing an SDR type function. So you generate an inquiry uh, in your demand gen efforts, you know, you generate a lead, and you attach a person to a campaign, and you have Conversica say, engage with anyone who's a member of this campaign. And it just automatically picks up that new member and starts a conversation stream. And you control what the desire of the conversation stream is. For example, you might be trying to book a demo. And so the engagement that this bot has, uh, it's not a real person, right? It's AI. You get to name, uh, whether it's Ashley or John or what have you. And then that engagement automatically happens and it reads the responses and engagement or lack of engagement by the recipient and then tailors the conversation until the objective is achieved, and it's a good use case for you know funnel work attaching to inquiries or MQLs. Certainly, a lot of uh, of our clients use it for post show trade show follow up, right? Where they've got now huge number of leads that have generated. Not everybody, by the way, has your good news of the you have more leads than you know what to do with. But for those that do generate volumes of leads, Byron, you know, uh, as you putting it into these programs and allowing the bot to have engagement. And you can use it certainly for upper funnel, trying to get conversion, or in lower funnel as well, whether that's upgrades, cross-sells, or what have you. What have you guys been specifically using it for? Is there a specific type of campaigns, use cases that you have it applied to?
1: Well, we started with kind of inbound web lead forms. So the, the volume of those that are coming through, that are just coming through the web every day, uh, Converse is following up on Uh, for the most part, 100% of those now, and showing some really, really encouraging progress. I think as we look to expand this, there's, like all companies, we have deals, leads that have gotten out into the pipeline, and now they appear to be a bit stalled. Maybe they've sat there, haven't had any updates on them in in weeks or, in some cases, months. So using Conversica to go out and kind of uh, just poke at that opportunity a little bit, said, hey, you inquired with us, you know, about a month ago, want to see, is there anything we can help you with? Would you like me to help coordinate a meeting with your salesperson? We think there's some opportunities there. Obviously, we are a business that renews a lot of its customers uh, every year. And so there's a lot of work that's involved in terms of setting up and and managing these renewal conversations. We think there may be an opportunity to use a tool like Conversica to help prod those so that the first time we um, have a conversation with someone is not when we're attaching a renewal invoice, right? That's the wrong time to be driving customer satisfaction. Why don't we use these same technologies to go out six months in advance and say, hey, in six months, we're, we want to have a renewal conversation. What do you like about the product? What do you not like about the product? Are you interested in changes to your subscription going forward? How do we make that a better experience for everybody uh, going forward? So there's no doubt there is a lot of emails that our sales team and our sales development teams are sending on a daily basis. And where the robots tend to be really, really good are repeatable processes, Mm -hmm. right? And where humans tend to be really, really bad is doing the same thing over and over again, right? Either because of uh, boredom or distraction, right? It's difficult to have confidence that it's happening the exact same way every time when you have largely a manual process. But with robots, you can have some confidence that you're getting a consistency of service there.
0: Now, that is part of the value because in any environment where you tightly align sales and marketing, the service level agreements, the SLAs between marketing and sales can be set. But unless, and I've talked about this on the podcast as well, unless you've walked in the shoes of a salesperson, it's pretty darn hard to have a bunch of contacts, accounts in your pipe and go, okay, today this is my follow-up cadence with these and then today this is my everybody's at a different stage and just to even try to manage that on a manual process it's near impossible and so ai tools like that you said you know uh, your your bot never gets tired your your bot doesn't sleep or get sick and your bot doesn't struggle with task management because it's all programmatic uh, for them and so uh, it's, it's great to do at scale and, and certainly something that we've seen a lot of our clients pilot. You know, it's one of those applications where it's like, let's try this for a certain set of campaigns and see how it works for our business and grow from there. There's certainly some people who are skeptical about it, right? We all get you and you and I were talking right before we hit the record button uh, that, you know. LinkedIn has just gotten you know, to be a, a sales navigator, the in-message, you know, you're getting flooded with people trying to sell you something all the time, right? And so a lot of us, especially in marketing, think when we deploy technology, how are people gonna receive this? Well, the reality is we're sending outbound communication to our prospects and customers anyway. And if Conversica or tools like it can do it very effectively and with a human touch, why not try it and automate those things and see how it works? Uh, for your business. I know that some, there are some people out there who are passionately against the use of technology for outreach like that and I say, well, you know, do what's right for your business. Maybe don't get so emotionally attached for it. Try it and pilot. What was the third area? And I'm, I'm not sure if there's a fourth, but I know we've talked about uh, other areas around these engagement type of uh, processes that you need to put in place and using AI for that.
1: Sure. So the third area is, and maybe that's uh, for the purpose of our conversation today, a good, a good place to just cover these three, is that uh, chatbots. And we think we now have those deployed in several areas on IHSMarket.com. And this is one that has been really interesting to us as well. This is one that um, I encourage the organization to start just because, well, let's just see what we get here. We have, like I suspect many other marketers and especially B2B marketers, we have a lot of people that are visiting pages, but not necessarily the conversion rates that we want on those pages. Well, we can, all, we can talk about improved call to actions, and we can talk about better, uh, better text and words and all this other stuff on the pages. But let's just experiment with this kind of interruptive chat experience. If you sit on a page for more than 30 seconds, maybe we ask you a question. Hi, welcome. Are you finding what you're looking for? Can I help you with anything? And it has been really refreshing the fact that although we have this pretty lightly deployed across IHSMarket.com today, we are seeing some very encouraging results. And and I think if we were to extrapolate the results that we're seeing in uh, the small pilot across the entire website, this chatbot could be one of our largest marketing programs if we were to be able to scale this up fully to where it could be. And so it's been a pleasant surprise to say this thing has went from just novel Mm -hmm. to this is a real tool that can really generate inquiries, really drive pipeline, and really drive uh, revenue. Uh, And we can do it in a way that's always on 24-7, and uh, it's working while we're executing all the other pressures that a marketer is faced with every day.
0: When you roll out these technologies or or think about rolling out these technologies, what are some tips or best practices that you have to get the organization to embrace these and, and, and consider these? So, you know, you're changing how prospects are engaging with the org, right? In this case, you're using AI, and I want to talk about the AI aspect of it, right? Because chat can be used for engaging with human beings, which would require you know, the sales team or the SDR team, whichever it is, to be responsive to the inbound chat. In your case, you've been using it for AI. I should ask, is it strictly AI or do you enable chat with humans as well?
1: We have both. We have, uh, we have human chat and we have AI, we have chatbots, uh, and we have some pilots about putting them together. We're currently using different platforms for human chat versus uh, bot- chatbot.
0: You are, okay. So
1: we have, yeah, which isn't the... Um, which I, I, I think the future is one platform that supports everything, right? The, the robot can take a conversation to a certain point. At any point, if the robot gets stuck or if the human you're chatting with just wants to you know, exit, then give that person the emergency stop button, let them get to a person as quick as possible, right? Yeah. So having one platform that supports both, I think, is a much better practice, And having one platform that supports all three use cases, right? If you were to say, and the use cases are chatbots, right? And then there's questions, there's, there's human chat about selling you something else or answering questions about products and services. And then there's human chat about, Um, your service experience, right? Status of an order, renewals, password resets, all that other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I think the future looks like one platform that you can have all three of those use cases together in because that's, I think, where you start to really drive efficiency of scale.
0: Right. I've been doing uh, several keynotes over the past three, four months, and one of the keynotes that I really enjoy doing is talking about customer experience and Mm -hmm. the delivering an amazing customer experience. And I want to give a shout out to Comcast because this past weekend, uh, I had a really great experience You know, tying into what you shared. Now, it wasn't AI, but candidly, it, it could have been in some ways. I decided, and this is a, for everybody who uses Comcast out there, This 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 is a great tip for you. I don't know if you know this. I lease my cable modem and I'm on the West Coast in California. And because you lease it, you're entitled to free upgrades, but they don't necessarily reach out to you and say, "Hey, we've got a better cable modem for you." So the service that I subscribe to at my house, I think, yeah, Byron, I get 250 megabit download speeds, but I was getting about 40, and that's nothing to sneeze at. When a guy, you know, I remember the days of 9600 baud modems, even 2400. Uh, right. So that 50s amazing, but I thought they keep. I keep seeing these ads for higher speed internet. And yet I'm not getting it. So I called them up first and then waited in the queue, and this was on a weekend. And sure enough, no problem. They said, we can answer your call. Wait time is about this. Or if you want, you can have an SMS conversation with the rep. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try that since I'm out talking about customer experience. Let's see what that is like. And it was a phenomenal experience, and the person was really uh professional and very engaging and and a great experience they said the questions that you're asking would be better served if you called us or went online and so then i went online and went to their chat system and i never had to have a conversation with them in order for me to get the new equipment so i went down to dublin california and i picked up the new hub and i brought it home and then i did need to have a phone conversation so from sms texting to online chat i got Enough of what I needed to get, all the way to getting new hardware and picking it up and having an appointment reserved. And, I, you know, I, I used to be a phone guy. Yeah, I, I probably would not have embraced those channels in the past because I thought it was always more expedient to have a phone conversation, but it was actually a terrific experience. And and you've now applied AI chat on your website, which meant that you probably had to do some programming, right, to think about the questions and comments uh, that people are, are asking you. But it sounds like you're having great success with it as well. That people are engaging uh, and and it's improving your customer experience and improving people's access to find uh, information. What was involved in in deploying it? How much work was it for you? You know, and the beneficial side of AI is the automation that it brings. But what was the the labor involved in getting it deployed and, and getting it up and running?
1: Sure. So the vendor we're using for the chatbot is a company called Exceed AI, and so they've been good to work with as well as as their helping us implement our use case. But what we found is that in chatbots, it wasn't necessarily so much the technology. We had a good partner there. The, The challenge is the playbooks, right? It's really about what types of questions are you going to likely get and how do you want to answer those questions, and at what point does, does it make sense for you to stop answering those questions and say, "Hey, you should really contact our customer care or a sales specialist right It's really about mapping out that customer journey uh, was really the lead time of these things and And as we talk about scaling these uh, these solutions around the business, right if we're IHS market is a company that has several thousand different solutions, you could conceivably need to ask slightly different questions. Mm-hmm. Right. depending on which of these thousands of solutions you're interested in. That's what we're trying to understand as a business. How do we find lowest common denominators and turn on where it's kind of 80% the same kind of chat bot per these conversations? And how do we get better at the other 20% to customize it on each page? I think that's the learning. I think the technology will continue to get better over time as you'll be able to just kind of feed these chat bots. Here's your, your FAQs, your frequently asked questions documents that you already have somewhere in your sales or customer care organizations. They'll just ingest them and build playbooks themselves. I don't think we're quite there, right? We're not mm-hmm. there uh, with the technology yet, but I think we could be in a couple of years. And so I think these chatbots then become more ubiquitous as even the part of turning on these playbooks gets simpler and simpler.
0: Nice. Any other areas that we didn't cover that you're either exploring with AI or have deployed another tool set?
1: These are the big ones. There's always optimization and A-B testing. I think you can find these. Uh, these these tools and and progress across the business, I think, but these are some of the big ones that we're focusing on. And I think maybe just a final comment on on AI. I think what I'm excited about with all these, although each of these efforts are yielding good, measurable results, I think to me, the ultimate gold standard of what AI looks like today is this kind of this idea of self-learning. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really seeing that yet, but I'm excited about the future of that. The robots say, hey, I've had 10,000 of this conversation and I notice it always ends in this way. That's suboptimal, right? I'm going to automatically adjust and do this instead, right? Now, although that's scary and you're talking about a customer experience, you certainly wouldn't want to do anything dumb there. But some simple things like, hey, I'm going to, I've decided that I'm going to pop this chat after 25 seconds instead of after 30 seconds, right? Some simple things that aren't going to necessarily change your customer experience, but some active steps the tools are making to make you smarter. That's what I'm excited about with the future as these tools continue to get better. If they get to this level of self-optimization, this self-monitoring, self-learning, then I really think we, we have entered a completely new race.
0: Yeah. It's very exciting what we're seeing. I've spent a little bit of time talking with the IBM folks lately and the, what they're, the work that they're doing in their labs around marketing technology. With the conferences coming up, I'm sure we're going to expose to some some new tech as well and their roadmaps of what's coming. Very exciting. I mean, all these tools and technologies to help. You said to me once, you said, you know, I want to build like this perpetual demand engine, right? You you're always thinking about stitching all the tools together and building what we actually call our framework is the demand factory. And I'm I'm, we're releasing all the imaging soon, Brian, which I'm very excited about. Uh, Posters and everything for for marketers to have on their wall and point and say that's what we're building. So. Everybody keep an eye out. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast when you get a chance, by the time you hear it, I think you can, can go to demandgen.com forward slash demand dash factory and take a look at this image that we have worked the past several months on to really create a strong visual. And guess what, Byron? There is AI hidden inside there, in the graphic to, to in, in the SDR area actually to to show you know, the purpose of the demand factory is to provide an illustration of what we're all building in marketing, that that perpetual demand engine or demand factory. And so I look forward for you seeing it, Byron. We're going to unveil it uh, at the conferences that you're going to be at as well as online. So I just got tired of the whole logo soup thing, right? All these MarTech landscapes that we're not really providing a utility, just saying, hey, there's a whole smorgasbord of tech out there. We wanted to create a visual that would enable you to visually illustrate what you've been building and all the tools and technologies and processes for sales and marketing. So very excited about that. i um, proud of you and the team for all the work that you guys do. You're, you never have your heels on the ground and you and Penny and the rest of the groups have keep working on embracing and stitching together technologies. So I'll look forward to seeing you at the conference. We'll catch up some more, but I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for, for joining me, Byron, and sharing with everybody some of the tool sets and areas that uh, you're focused on around AI.
1: Sounds great. Thank you very much, David. You have a great rest of your day.
0: All right, you too. That's going to do it, everybody, for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. I hope you're enjoying the content. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. If you're using AI uh, tools for conversations or chat or web personalization or any tools and text that you're excited about that we're not covering here on the program, let me know. I'd love to hear from you uh, online. Drop me a note. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care.